Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. McGurk! I Do love typing. Do not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you <laughs> like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergo Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series, or back then uh, when we were discussing this, the C- CBS uh, Supergirl yeah. TV series, and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Maureen Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired on the Supergirl Radio Facebook page and the DC TV podcast YouTube channel to go back in time to discuss the 19th episode. Some might say the penultimate episode oh, of season might. one <laughs> titled Myriad. And I, I was... Uh, uh, Feeling feeling bad for the listeners that we took a couple of weeks off that we you know we kind of took a little bit of a break for various reasons. Uh, but uh, Hagel Blast in the chat says not not to worry about it because uh, when the uh, show first aired, they took a week off between World's Finest and Myriad, so the Rewind po- podcast taking the same break is appropriate. So I'm just going to pretend. Like we planned that. That actually was planned. Um, <laughs> I planned to get a terrible virus. Uh, just to give us that break, I am committed as a podcaster. <laughs> I am committed to my craft. Uh, <laughs> I really appreciate your dedication to Supergirl and, Radio and what we're doing anytime. here. <laughs> <laughs> like cough off into the corner or something. <laughs> On a serious note, I'm glad you're feeling better. So Thank you. That's good. Well, uh, if you're interested in listening to Supergirl Radio's original discussion from season one, the link is in the video description below the live stream, and we will also include it in the audio podcast show notes. So uh, definitely go back and check that out because uh, I'm pretty sure I, I don't remember totally. I'll have to go back and listen to it myself. But I think that was when we first discovered Kelly was Kelly. And I then we so. had to go back and figure out who Kelly was. We went, then, then we went out back. That- yeah. To follow her character arc, her journey, <laughs> if you <Yeah>. will. <laughs> yeah, Myriad, I think, was when we were like, Kelly was Kelly? in other episodes? What? <laughs> so, yeah, so that uh, might be fun to go back and listen to. I might do that myself. Well, before we get into any time traveling that we need to do for uh, season one's discussion, we need to get to the news. Now available for purchase on Amazon.com is a Sasha Kaje uh, Supergirl Barbie doll from the Flash movie. Um, The doll's description reads, Supergirl Barbie doll is a vision of strength in her sleek red and blue bodysuit with the legendary S-shield emblazoned on her chest. Arriving on Earth in search of a missing Kryptonian, Kara Zor-El faced many challenges before becoming the hero the world needs. Supergirl. In striking displayable packaging, the Barbie doll is poised to zoom through the skies with her cape billowing behind her in the wind. Featuring a doll stand and certificate of authenticity, 
Supergirl, bra Supergirl Barbie doll makes an outstanding gift for collectors, fans, and superheroes everywhere. <laughs> the collectible doll has a price tag of $55. I mean, it's a little That's pricey a little for steep. Barbie. It's a little steep for a Barbie, but okay. I'm going with it. I'm going but with I, it. I think it is a good collectible if you're interested in that kind of thing. She looks great. She does. Uh, she look looks great. great. She looks like she would be flying through the air, her cape billowing behind her. Yes. I saw that in my mind's eye from the description. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it does have some pretty cool packaging, and it does have uh, the Supergirl suit from the Flash movie, even down to the uh, uh, design on the wrist and the arms, which I hadn't noticed from the trailers, yeah. which is very similar to Henry Cavill's Superman suit. So uh, that is worth noting. So if you're interested in Sasha Kajay's Supergirl and excited about the Flash movie, that might be something to check out the one thing i wanted to know more about is that it says uh she arrived on earth in search of a missing kryptonian mm -hmm. what is that about which kryptonian is she looking for <laughs> uh, interesting i'm i'm curious if maybe she uh took the um the route of maybe she got stuck somewhere when she was supposed to protect baby Kal-El and then somehow she gets to earth and baby Kal-El is grown up. I wonder if they'll still follow that same path that a lot of Supergirls take. Yeah. That was kind of what I thought it meant, but like, what if she, what if she shows up and she's just like, I came for Kal-El. I left like a day ago, but I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Henry Cavill pops up and he's like, Hey, <laughs> you're not a baby anymore. Or maybe it's some Kryptonian we've never heard of. Maybe it's some Kryptonian. What if, what wouldn't that be the twist if it's like, yeah, I don't care about kal <laughs> I'm here for that guy. And it's just like a random Kryptonian. He's like, what up? <laughs> it's like a background in, in Man of Steel. He's just like, I've been here the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So I want to know more about her story. Lots of intrigue in that. All right. Well, we have another thing related to Sasha Kajay's Supergirl. So uh, speaking of that version of the character, a new character poster from the Flash movie was released with the words Worlds Collide on it. So uh, we are getting some uh, multiverse stuff, I think, in here. So uh, this new poster has uh, Sasha Kajay's Supergirl. She's up in the air, cape billowing, lots of cape action a lot of these shots with Sasha Kajay and she looks like she's uh in some sort of uh I don't know where that would be is it like Egyptian I Japanese am. I don't know I don't where know. this is located interesting architecture behind her or some yeah I can't really these are gargoyles or something yeah I can't really like place the the architecture but wherever she is it looks very nice uh so I guess maybe she's on maybe she's on vacation. Maybe right. this is National City. Maybe it's a park somewhere. <laughs> TBD. Hopefully we'll find out where this is. And uh new Rachel has a, a question in oh oh well Kenny suggests maybe that's Wayne oh. Manor. Could be. It looked like Could it had be? some gargoyles on it. Uh looks a little uh golden daylight for Wayne oh. Manor. Never really see Wayne Manor in the daytime. I like the idea that, like, when you go to Wayne Manor, like, a cloud just comes overhead. Like, <laughs> it's like, what just happened? 
Is that like a Charlie Brown? Who, yeah. who's, who's the character who has like a cloud that falls? Yeah, is Charlie, Brown? Like Charlie Brown. <laughs> like Batman is like Charlie Brown where he like walks out and there's just like a sad cloud over top of him. <laughs> and he's just like, my parents. <laughs> <laughs> so it is possible. Maybe that is Wayne Manor. And Rachel in the chat says, uh, what if the missing Kryptonian is Zod that she's Ooh. looking for? Definitely could be. We've seen some of that teased in the trailer. So yeah, we've uh, been getting a lot of stuff from uh, Sasha Kaje Supergirl. It, it is that time, I guess things are starting to ramp up to the flash movie. So I guess we should expect more of that as we get into it. Do you mean the greatest movie of all time, Rebecca? Greatest movie of all time. Everybody it's thinks coming. best superhero movie of all time. We're almost a month away from our whole lives changing. And I just want us <laughs> I just want us to respect this moment and to cherish it. <laughs> this is the before times. Yes. <laughs> We're going to have before Flash and after Flash. Our lives will never be the same again. <laughs> um, according to a tweet from Variety, David Zaslav, the president and chief executive officer of Warner Brothers Discovery, was quoted as saying, I watched The Flash. I've seen it three times. <laughs> it's a very emotional movie. You're going through all the emotions. To me, to me, it's the best superhero movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, I added a little creative license to my Zaslav impression, uh, but I'm pretty sure he said it exactly like that. I mean, it was almost like I was talking to him. Yeah, right? It was uncanny. <laughs> It was crazy. Channeled him. <laughs> my my concern about all the hype that's coming out about the Flash movie maybe too it, much hype. It might be too much because now now I'm like trying to figure out how I'm going to judge this movie. Do I go in basing it on? Well, they told me it was the best superhero movie ever made, and then Doc points down from that, I, or do I, I go low expectations? And then hope I see the best superhero movie ever made. I, I'm not sure how. I think we got to go in thinking it's going to be kind of a normal movie. And then <laughs> if it turns out to be like mind-blowingly the best movie you've ever seen, then you're just like, whoa. Because I think if we go in with the hype expectations that they're setting, there's no way this movie can live up to them. <laughs> so we're going to get out and be like, I mean, the greatest emotional <laughs> three times has <laughs> right like i don't want to i don't i want to come out of the movie like excited and like what a good movie not like well i mean not greatest of all time <laughs> <laughs> that should be the review it was okay but it wasn't the greatest of all time <laughs> i mean it was a pretty good movie but i thought it was going to be the next casablanca <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i kind of want to judge it based on the best superhero movie ever made it has to now live up to that expectation We're setting the bar is <laughs> possibly high for this movie. <laughs> i cannot wait to be let down it's gonna be <laughs> great all right well uh getting away from the flash movie for a second yes. uh <laughs> we have some katie mcgrath news so the katie girl what you wearing <laughs> <laughs> the continental peacock's three part limited series set roughly 40 years before the events in the John Wick feature film saga that focuses on events surrounding a hotel for assassins in New York Ooh, City. I do not what? want to stay there. Is that what this movie is about? Oh <laughs> my guess. God, I'm so much, uh, the show, I'm so much more hyped about it now. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I haven't seen any of the John Wicks, but Katie McGraw is great and I'll watch her in anything. But now I'm like, 
oh my god, Hogwarts for assassins? <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Events surrounding a hotel for assassins <laughs> in New York City released a teaser trailer that featured Katie McGrath as the Adjudicator. The Adjudicator is a high table agent who was first introduced in John Wick Chapter 3. Since the Continental takes place several decades ago, it seems like there are multiple iterations of the Adjudicator, and Katie McGrath appears to be one of them. And this is the official description for the Continental. It says, quote, the three-part event will explore the origin behind the iconic Hotel for Assassin centerpiece of the John Wick, uh, John Wick universe through the eyes and actions of a young young Winston Scott as he's dragged into the hellscape of the of 1970s New York City to face a past he thought he'd left behind. Winston charts a deadly course through the hotel's mysterious underworld. There's an underworld at the hotel? What? In a, in a harrowing <laughs> attempt to seize the hotel where he eventually takes his future throne. And uh, wow. when the news came out, uh, John uh, Cryer got really excited about the trailer with Katie McGrath. He tweeted out, Katie McGrath stands, activate. So I think that's ah. what they did. So uh, uh, Morgan, they, sure, you- uh, they sure did. They always do. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> you put up the Katie McGraw like bat signal. They're like, is she somewhere reading a book? Swarm. <laughs> <laughs> so are you going to watch this? So the problem is, I uh, uh, yes, of course. Yes, uh, okay. uh, I am one of the stands. I am swarming. Um, <laughs> I'm, I have been, I have been activated, uh, but I also haven't seen any of the John Wick movies. So I kind of feel like I have to do this homework of watching the John Wick movies. Now I do refuse to watch the first part of the first John Wick movie because the dog dies because of the dog. I'm not watching that. That's that's the only thing I know about it. Post dog death. I I feel like I can kind of understand what's happening in the first 10 minutes. It's okay. Right. Got a dog. It's cute. And they kill it. (laughs) I'm fine. Uh, ready for it. Let's start after that. Uh, <laughs> I I mean I feel like I'll enjoy them. They're, apparently they're like really good action movies. Um, I don't know how many there have been. Two, three, four. Three? <laughs> I think three. Feels like three. Three yeah. feels like the right number. You, you could tell that I um I haven't watched any of these movies because I was like a hotel for assassins. How fun! Like a Disney Channel original. <laughs> and, and it's it's like as you well know, the hotel is a, like a linchpin of the whole series. And I'm like, oh, really? I, <laughs> I was, was not aware. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. A lot of people in the chat are loving John Wick. Sam Gutierrez seventy four says you will love the John Wick series. Great action. And uh, Kenny corrects us. There have been four John Wick films. So four. okay, uh, thank you for letting us know because we sure did not know that. Now, now Rebecca, are you going to be watching it? Um, yeah, I probably will. You know, Peacock it doesn't cost that month per month, so I mean, really I, I might as well get uh, my money's worth. And uh, <laughs> I'll be excited to find out what this underworld at the hotel is. Or is, is it primarily just set at the hotel? Is there like hotel? Th- are there hotel things going on? Is what if it's like a, like a, a bottle series? The whole Ooh. series is just in the hotel. They never go out of it. <laughs> the <laughs> like hotel so must cheap. be really big. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of things going on. I, I would be concerned for like the you know, or the the people who are you know working inside the hotel. Are they aware of the underworld, or are they part of it? Are all of the what employees if assassin? Like, what if everyone's an ooh, assassin? Oh, it's like sometimes, sometimes as an assassin, it's I've just created like a, an assassin commune, not a hotel. <laughs> sometimes you have to go on bellhop duty. 
We all take our turns here. <laughs> I would not want to stay in this hotel. Uh, but maybe I'll watch a show about it. So I'll be I'll be checking in just to see what it is. But I'll probably do my homework, too, because I've never seen the John Wick uh, films either. So definitely something I need to do. Okay. Uh, DC Pride is back again with a brave, bold, and all-new collection of stories starring DC's stable of fan-favorite uh, LGBTQIA plus characters, many of whom will find themselves in thrilling team-ups, uh, the likes of which you've never seen before. DC's 2023 Pride collection of books and comics will be available at your local comic book shop, bookstore, library, and beyond, delivering bold stories, brave characters, and more pride than ever. Uh, DC Pride... Uh, DC Pride 2023 number one, uh, DC's annual anthology containing all new stories spotlighting LGBTQIA plus fan favorites will be published on May 30th. Uh, DC's Pride anthology will also include a five page preview of an upcoming dreamer story by Nicole Maines and Rye Hickman. So that's exciting. Um, let's see. Yeah, uh, uh, would you mind reading about the uh, go go the on DC yeah. Book of Pride? Yes, the DC Book of Pride. So this is an official com- uh, collaboration between uh, DC and Warner Brothers Discovery Global Consumer Products. My favorite part of Warner Brothers. <laughs> so boring sounding. The DC, the DC Book of Pride is an inspiring illustrated hardcover that profiles more than 50 LGBTQIA uh, plus characters in detail, including Harley Quinn, John Kent, Nubia, Tim Drake, Batwoman, Aquaman, Dreamer, new character Circuit Breaker, and many more. I, I like the name Circuit Breaker. It's very Johnny Five. Uh, Authored by Galaxy, the prettiest star writer, uh, Jedzia. Is that how you would pronounce that? I, that looks right. Uh, Axelrod. It illustrates the rich histories, fascinating origins, amazing superpowers, and key storylines of DC's leading queer superheroes and supervillains. With stunning interior artwork and an exclusive cover by renowned illustrator Paulina, oh boy, Show. Uh, Show. I feel like it's it sounds French. It looks, that looks French, French, but I am Ganushou. not a qualified Show. This DK uh, is it DK that it is? I, I caught I copied it from oh. DK. I, I guess DK is working this, with Warner Brothers Discovery Global ah. Consumer Products. Okay, this DK book is a wonderful guide to DC fans. That confused me. Mm-hmm. That arrives just in time for Pride Month on May sixteenth. So uh, next week, I think that is coming out. Yes. And then we have uh, DC Pride Through the Years. So DC will also be publishing a special edition comic book, DC Pride Through the Years, number one, collecting three out-of-print comics in an oversized new release. Take a journey through over 30 years of fan-favorite LGBTQIA plus characters in the DC universe with this collection that not only remembers and celebrates landmark issues of days past, but also teases exciting new stories yet to come. Yeah, the cover of DC Pride through the years looks like it might be including a DC Rebirth uh, story from the Supergirl run. Oh, so, yeah. I was about to say, Supergirl looks so happy on that cover. She's waving at us. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that's probably going to feature a Rebirth 
uh, issue. That's uh, kind of what that looks like to me. And Dreamer is included on the cover of the DC Book of Pride. So nice. wanted to include that because it did have some Supergirl things in there. If you are interested in checking that out, it seems to be coming this month. A lot of those dates, May 16th and May 30th. Nice. Uh, so be uh, checking on that if you are interested. I always expect those oh. drops in June. So May was surprising for me. I was like, oh, well, that's so soon. I, I guess it's, uh, you know, they're just getting ahead. They're ramping they're just, up. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're just ready to go. They're like, why wait till June? We could do it now. I think I'm going to, I'm, I'm definitely going to get the one where Supergirl's on the cover like, hey, just because I love the cover. <laughs> it, it looks vintage. I like uh, it. Does. I like the, uh, yeah, I love the art style. The old uh, kind of silver agey look of that. I kind of like that. Very cool. All right, well, let's talk about some Superman Celebration, because speaking uh, of Supergirl and Dreamer, Superman Celebration has announced the guests for the 2023 event, and they will be familiar to Supergirl TV series and Arrowverse fans. Nicole Maines and Jesse Rath will be in Metropolis on June 9th and 10th, so Friday and Saturday. And Superman himself, Tyler Hecklin, will be appearing on Saturday, June 10th only. Uh, also in attendance will be Jamal Igel, who did the art for Sterling Gates' Supergirl run in the comics, and he will be there in Artist Alley. Hopefully there will be some air conditioning. Uh, Artist Alley has <laughs> infamously not had any air there, so I hope they take oh, care of them this year. Because it gets very hot in Metropolis. You would be so surprised. Uh, for more on Superman Celebration, visit Superman Celebration. Dot net. So I'm actually very excited about Superman Celebration. I intend to go. I so, was going to ask, are you going to are you going to go again? I feel like I feel like Superman Celebration is the party I never get to go to. Like you always bump into a bunch of our listeners. <laughs> you guys get like big giant drinks. <laughs> uh, you you get to go into the Super Museum and look at all the weird super stuff. And like I'm just <laughs> like I'm just like from afar telling you things to do that like scare you. Like go to yeah. this. Go to the <laughs> ghost thing. Go to the rave. Like <laughs> I'm just like not helpful in any way, but I like I want to be there. You act like you're never invited. I'm always trying to get you to go. I know. It's so funny. Before you said the dates, I was like, maybe this is the year I just go. Maybe I just go. And then the day I have plans on those dates. Uh. I have another, I have like another trip I've got that weekend. And I was like, oh man. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Well, this would be a good one to go to if you are a Supergirl fan. Uh, so uh, Hegelblast says I might be able to go to that this year. Not sure that. Yeah. Not sure yet, though. Well, let me let let me know if you're going. We'll try to have a Supergirl radio meetup because uh, we do that. We do we do go drink kryptonite at Fat Ed's Roadhouse, <laughs> and we do go to the Super Museum and look for. Uh, new items that we haven't seen before. And uh, hopefully I won't have to stick around for a uh, paranormal <laughs> investigation this time because that one did uh, freak me out a little bit. Uh, so that is what is happening in Metropolis, Illinois for Superman Celebration. So definitely check it out and join us if you would like to come. I don't know that I'll be able to get interviews with Jesse or Tyler or uh, Nicole, but hopefully I'll be there and uh, maybe snag a picture or something they may be swarmed i'm not really sure but uh i'll try to see if i can say hello and uh maybe hopefully get a little something for super radio i don't know we'll see we'll play it by ear i don't know how much uh time they are, are allowing for people uh but yeah so superman celebration uh it's always a good time just do be prepared for the heat bring a little fan drink water 
Make sure you're hydrated. It does get a little toasty in Metropolis. That's the only downside. All right. Well, this is kind of adjacent to some uh, conventions. Uh, I actually went to a, a kind of a convention at the end of April. I actually traveled to Pasadena, California, to what was uh, called the title of the event was called Full Circle, a three day celebration of the, the Zack Snyder verse trilogy to benefit the American Foundation for Suicide prevention and um something kind of amazing happened that i didn't know about until the friday of the convention i actually got to meet zach snyder himself and actually get to be on a live stream with him to watch batman v superman dawn of justice and talk about the film with him so uh that was crazy <laughs> i received an email on friday from uh, uh a guy named west collar who is actually a producer on zach snyder's films i actually know who he i knew who he was i'd seen him in uh behind the scenes featurettes so when i got the email from him i was like uh what is this two <laughs> actually two different people contacted me um, our friend Scott McClellan, uh, who is a great podcaster, DC Squadcast, uh, check him out. Uh, he contacted me and was like, oh, what's a good email for you? And I was like, well, okay, well, you can have this email. <laughs> and then I got a message from somebody else on Instagram asking me, what's a good email for you? And I was like, why does everybody keep asking me that? Um, but I did get an email from Wes Collar, who um, works with Zack Snyder, and he sent me an email asking me if I wanted to be on the Vero True Social Watch Party to do uh, some commentary about BBS with Zack Snyder. So, of course, I, repl I replied back as quickly as I could, and I even saw him Friday night before the Man of Steel screening. and was like, hey, were you still serious about this? Because I haven't heard back from you, so is it still cool if I do it? Because I did not want to uh, let that chance pass me by. Um, so I was able to hang out with him, uh, Zack Snyder, on the Vero live stream that you can watch in the Vero app if you have the app. Or you can watch it on the Vero YouTube channel. Links in the video description below this live stream. And we'll also put it in the audio podcast show notes. Um, so uh, that was a, a wild experience. And I actually I did a live stream right before uh, SnyderCon is what a lot of people were calling it. <clears throat> and... I uh, I heard myself say when I when I went back to watch the live stream, I said something like, well, I probably won't be able to interview Zack Snyder, but I'll try to interview some fans. <laughs> and then <laughs> then I ended up like getting to uh, talk to him for a really long time. Super nice. Um, I actually uh, when I when Wes Collar brought me into the room where they they were doing the audio commentary, like watch party thing. Um, he introduced me to Zack Snyder and and. Zach kind of looked at me and he was like, I feel like I already know you. And I said, same. Um, <laughs> so we were uh, best friends, I would like to think, uh, right off the bat. But he was super nice. Um, the Vero people made it so easy. Um, they had a team that was doing all the production for them. Uh, their social media people were awesome. Uh, it was they were very encouraging. Like after it was over, after the watch party was over, uh, one of them came up to me, um, John McKechnie. And he uh, he was like, the live chat really loved you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, really? Um, so apparently uh, people liked it, I guess. Um, but you it was a little popular. But it was it was a lot of fun. And I had a good time uh, in the room. We had a big monitor um, in front of us that was showing the movie as it was going. So we could see it, but we couldn't hear it. But I didn't need to hear it. I know all the lines of dialogue and all the musical cues. It's fine. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but it was funny. Uh, he, he called me a, a BBS scholar. I talked about how uh, I've been doing those uh, 
live streams about the critical reception of Batman v Superman. And he actually said he had watched a couple of them. So that was pretty oh, cool. Wow, that's so cool. Very, very intimidating. Um, but so that was a cool experience. But um, uh, in addition to that, I just had a super, super awesome weekend getting to know some other people and getting to meet some other fans. So that was really fun. So I just wanted to share a little bit of that because I think people were like, what? Because uh, I <laughs> really Rebecca? <laughs> Rebecca <win? laughs> I really only told my mom and my brother and then I told Morgan and Andy because I was like, Morgan and Andy are going to know what how like how do how do I do this? Like how do I approach this? I was like <laughs> waiting. I, I was like waiting at my gate for my plane to get back from like my work trip, and I got the message from you, and I think I said out loud, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, that's pretty cool. Because <laughs> one of the things I was, I, I wasn't like nervous to meet him because I, I this sounds like a humble brag, but I meet a lot of famous people at Dragon Con every year, so famous people don't necessarily face me there was a one time i froze up in front of dean kane we don't talk about it uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh being able to strike the right balance between like sharing my thoughts and like asking him questions and you know sort of moderating a discussion that, that's what i was nervous about but i think it ended up okay um and i did want to introduce the idea that i was at SnyderCon because i actually got a few minutes after the watch party to ask him anything I wanted to and create wow. my own content. So all the people who were on the watch party were able to interview him for just a few minutes. And I was, I was so freaked out because they were like, you have 10 minutes to do it. And I was like, Oh no, that's a, not a lot of time. That's like two questions maybe. Um, and so I did get to ask him uh, two questions about Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Those are up on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. Uh, so you can see those questions there. But then I also uh, asked him a Supergirl question while I was there to see uh, what he knew about some Ooh. Supergirl stuff. So um, I, I don't know that he knows a lot about this thing that I'm asking him about in this video because it was obviously 10 plus years ago. I forgot what I did 10 years ago. So it, it, may, it may be one of those things where it's just left the brain. Um, uh, but uh, I did ask him a, a little bit about the Man of Steel prequel that has Kara Zor-El in it because I had always wondered, you know, was there more to it? What was, was the plan? What was the plan? Um, so here is his response to that question. There was a Man of Steel prequel comic that came out before the film. Sure. Is that something you can talk about? Because your name was was on it with Sterling. Bandied about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it was like, it was initial conversation about like... Uh, was that the... It's a story about Carzarell, so it's a... Yeah. It's showing her yeah. Krypton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very... It sounded like a cool thing. would be really interested in that. I think what... You know, in the end, we all got super wound up in this... Uh, in the... In the sort of Justice League of it all. And that kind of just lost steam, but always interested and. In, I think it's fun. I think what some people don't realize about uh, the filmmaking business and Hollywood and all this kind of stuff is that people throw out ideas all the time. And sometimes things come to fruition and sometimes they don't. It's like a Supergirl radio pitch. You know, like yeah. we throw stuff out all the time. We have all these really great ideas, but then nothing comes of them. Have so they ever <laughs> taken us up on even one of our ideas? <laughs> no. Are our ideas amazing? Obviously. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> uh, so I think that's kind of what happened with uh, the Man of Steel prequel comic. They may have at one time 
uh, thought maybe to introduce Carzarel, but then things, you know, plans changed and then they didn't really uh, get to go to that route because they took another route eventually. So it's a, that's sort of what it sounded like to me that uh, things got kind of tossed out in the air and then things just uh, didn't get to happen. But um, what I also think people don't understand about Zack Snyder is he actually really you think about him what you will. Yeah, I, I'm I'm open to disagreement. Um, you can hate his work, you can hate his take on Superman, you can hate everything that guy stands for. Um, but I genuinely think he loves these DC characters, and I think he genuinely loves making movies. And so when he says at the end, like, I think it's fun. I would I would want to do it. Like, I think he's genuine about that. So um, so even if it didn't pan out, I think he still loves that universe, loves the DC universe, loves the world of comic books. And uh, so I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, also, that was not the only sort of Supergirl-related thing that happened at SnyderCon. Uh, so something of note about Kryptonians did come out of the Batman v Superman Q&A panel that happened after the watch party that uh, I did with uh, Zack Snyder, that uh, this uh, had to do with Supergirl and an idea that they had proposed but ultimately did not proceed with about the Kryptonian connection to the Amazons in the Snyderverse that was rumored a, uh, rumored a while back. There was some rumors that came out a long time ago, a couple years ago, uh, that had uh, Kryptonians and Amazons connected. Uh, so Zack Snyder confirmed that rumor and explained it this way, saying, quote, Zeus would probably be Kryptonian. And then Wonder Woman's powers, anyway, you can sort of see where this is going. The whole thing of whether magic and the gods, there's a version where, okay, that's cool, I guess, but there's also more, uh, also the more scientific, where do gods come from? We played played around with that quite a bit, unquote. The uh, video is a little easier to understand. I didn't want to play it because I didn't want to get a copyright strike or anything. So <laughs> just reading from Screen Rights uh, transcription of it. But I did include the Batman v Superman Q&A panel in the video description below the live stream. And we'll also put it in the audio podcast show notes. Um, so definitely go watch it while they explain those ideas. So the idea was that they had come up with was... In, to kind of further explain it is that uh, Zack Snyder really likes to know the why of things. Why are the characters the way they are? Why are the, they in the situation they are? And so I think for him having the problem of our real world that we're treating realistically has gods in them, you know, like <laughs> Zeus, Zeus and Aries and all that. So I think his question is like, why do they exist? How do they exist? Um, and so I think his his sort of mind was trying to figure out how how they are in the same world as these other superpowered characters. And so I guess they had thrown out the idea that maybe Kryptonians came to Earth 20,000 years before Man of Steel and they had a, a lineage, a biological lineage that became Zeus and Ares and and. Uh, characters like that. Uh, so Wonder Woman would basically, for simplistic sake, be Kryptonian, have like the DNA of Kryptonian um, in her, <clears throat> which I'll be honest, mm -hmm. I wouldn't like it. I don't think it's a good idea. I would no. not have cared for it. Uh, so so <laughs> if, for you, me. <laughs> so if you think I would never uh, disagree with Zack Snyder, that is not true. I I don't think it's a very good idea. But it's also one of those ideas, like the Man of Steel prequel comic, that they just tossed out there to see what would stick. And they ultimately didn't go with that. That's not how um, the Snyderverse treated Wonder Woman and the Amazons. 
but that's just one of those things that they had talked about. So that's one of those things that came out. So would I have loved it? No. Do I understand why they talked about it? Yes. So it's it's an it's an interesting take. Do I like it? <laughs> no, not really. No, I don't like the idea of the Amazons being some of the Amazons being Kryptonian. That's kind of strange, but yeah. Uh, or the god. I, I guess the gods are Kryptonian. So really, the only one who would be like kind of Kryptonian would have been Wonder Woman, right? She would have been like half Kryptonian. Half Kryptonian? I guess I don't know. I don't know what the percentage of her Kryptonian heritage would have been. Um, I do like the idea of Supergirl being connected to the Amazons. That has been in her mythology before, where she's trained on Themyscira with the Amazons. That would um, be so, fun. So I, d- I don't have any problem with that. So there is a connection there. But uh, the Kryptonian and Amazon being biologically connected situation, I don't think is quite yeah. the way to go. But yeah. but guess but what? Didn't. <laughs> it didn't happen. So why are we even talking about it? I don't even know. Um, but yeah, so that was something that came out of um, SnyderCon for people uh, who were interested. Uh, also, if you're interested in uh, participating in the raising of funds for the American uh, Foundation for Suicide Prevention, AFSP, that was the whole reason they were doing the event. Um, uh, we've also included the uh, Autumn Snyder Tribute Fund link in our notes below the live stream and in the audio podcast show notes that was um, Autumn Snyder is Zack Snyder's daughter who unfortunately committed suicide back in 2017, which caused him to leave uh, the production and uh, completion of Justice League. So if you're interested in raising money for them, that's a great cause and a great foundation to support. So you can do that if you would like to. Um, uh, and they probably raised a lot of money with that full circle event. I was trying to uh, calculate how much money they made because um I don't want to disclose how much I paid for tickets, but it was, <laughs> it was not cheap uh, for all three screenings. Then if you uh, bought a poster, a T-shirt, raffle tickets, oh, yeah. those those were all donations to AFSP, which was really smart. That's and, awesome. Um, so they probably raised a lot of money, which was great. Um, so definitely uh, consider doing that if you're able to do so. Well, that's uh, all of our news. Sorry that took so long. And <laughs> you had a lot of news. And sorry, it was uh, so much about me. I, I don't like to make myself uh, the center of the news section. I, I don't, don't want to be I the think, news. I think when you're like interviewing Zack Snyder, you're like doing commentary on Batman v Superman. Like you can be the news at that point. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> he did call me a BBS scholar. You, you, times, are, so I, you are a scholar. Yeah. I'm an authority on the subject. So I would like to think that I contributed something to that discussion. All right. Well, uh, we've talked about the past a little bit. Because we've talked about things from the news in the past. But let's go even further back into the past. We need to hop into the Legion Cruiser and go back to the time of the penultimate episode of Supergirl Season 1. It's been a little while since we've done any time traveling. Uh, Wasn't used to it. uh, So I'm having to relearn what it's like to time travel. So we are back in April. Uh, We are uh, our time, uh, our date for this time travel adventure is April 11th, 2016. So here's the official description of a myriad quote. Kara must find a way to free her friends when non and indigo use mind control to turn national city citizens into their own army unquote. So, uh, so this is where uh, the myriad uh, plan gets kicked into action. Non and indigo are uh, plotting things. So Morgan, what did you think about the, uh, the mind control 
takeover and everything that was happening with their plan starting up. Boy, they uh, the citizens of National City, they just can't catch a break when it comes to mind control. Let me tell you. Not be the last time. Is yeah, don't worry, don't worry, guys. Uh, this is gonna happen to you again. <laughs> I like when um, <clears throat> Nana's talking about like, first, I'm gonna start at National City and then like Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> he like just starts naming like random cities and then he's like, and then DC, and then I've got a, a, a like a 25 phase rollout plan. <laughs> Uh, we're going to correct the bugs as we go along. Um, so make sure that you fill out your surveys. Uh, and Indigo is like, why aren't you thinking bigger than this? And he was like, all right, well, once I get through North America, <laughs> South America is what I'm thinking about next, but I am open to Europe. And she's like, I mean, taking over the galaxy. Like, like I like the, um, I like that not the scope of non's like, um, <laughs> evil plan is like incredibly local like hyper local <laughs> he's like listen if we can get the people in catco we got everyone they're, they're like i don't think that that's true he's like it feels true though doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> like not like non you got like one city there's like a lot of cities in the whole world <laughs> sir like this uh, myriad will be done rolling out in non's version of the plan by like 2025. He's like, <laughs> he's like, finally got Hawaii and we're done. <laughs> like, I don't, <laughs> it doesn't seem like a very aggressive rollout plan is all I'm saying. Um, well, it would eventually be put into uh, practice on a, on a bigger scale with not no cherry in season five with Lena. Luther. She uses myriad to do that. And she was like, listen, I get the testing rollout plan. I actually love that part of it. <laughs> but like more project management, <laughs> I, IT compliance and red tape into there, just governance on top of governance. <laughs> but when we roll it out, we want to do it big. We want to do like whole world style. Like let's not just start at National City in like Topeka, Kansas. And like let's, <laughs> let's expand. Uh, yeah. So uh, Lena, Lena saw these th- this whole plan and she was like let's think bigger uh, but indigo saw the whole plan and was like this is kind of lame let's think really big like let's think super villain big she's like this with her giant yeah, hands with the, the doing a lot of hand acting like caressing non's face in a way that he doesn't want that was uncomfortable it was uncomfortable for everyone <laughs> The actor's like, I don't like the talent. Uh, <laughs> she's like, what if we did the whole galaxy? And he was like, I mean, I planned for like next Friday to be <laughs> most of the IHOPs in the country. <laughs> but the galaxy seems too big. I like that he's like thinking he's like, we have a staffing shortage issue and we're really going to have to get head count up if we want to roll this thing out. Well, let's think this through, I guess. He would be able to do it in... A, a grand scale like a multiple city thing because it was just kind of in the air yeah yeah like i don't it, like it wasn't I, like the, it wasn't like non no cherry where the, you had to be like i guess looking at your phone or looking at a screen yeah or you have it to was just like enter you're... into the hyper like the the reality alternate reality or whatever oh yeah it, it was that product that they were sh- uh, andrea the was chilling yeah you had to put on the right. ugliest headset known to man and like i mean honestly 
that you're just going to get like a bunch of the early adopters, the tech bros and some nerds. Like that's, you're mostly going to mind control them on the first phase. <laughs> like, yeah, so I mean, I, not I a guess, great plan. I guess they could roll it out though. I mean, in multiple yeah. ways. Yeah. I don't know why yeah. he couldn't. I, yeah, it's a, it did kind of seem like what, like to Indigo's point, I hate to, I hate to argue, uh, agree with the villains here. <laughs> why is why isn't he thinking bigger? Like he could like one city, like he could be doing like at least the whole country and then like move on country by country with it's airborne because it's not like he had to do it by himself. He could use the already mind controlled people to then put his plan in action. So I don't think exactly. he was really thinking it through. He was, he was like, listen, I'm really excited about this. <laughs> and I haven't really thought it all the way. <laughs> and Indigo's like, I have. I'm going to be queen of the galaxy. <laughs> and she's like, and you'll be my king. And he's like, please, uh, could, could we not? I don't think I agree to date you, though. <laughs> Still in mourning is the thing. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. He like, starts backing up. <laughs> Uh, Lindsay in the chat says Lena wasn't worried about getting rid of the bugs. <laughs> Remember, Kelly's IT ticket was never addressed. That is true. That's that true. true. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, there were bugs in Lena's version of it as well. So <laughs> it was not really a totally successful plan. Thank goodness. Um, but yeah, the the DEO gets taken over. Lucy comes in with Agent Vasquez, and they uh, try to release all the prisoners in the DEO. And then we get to meet Maxima. Yeah. What did you, what did you think about Maxima? Sure, there she was. Uh, <laughs> the way that they introduced her was so funny because it was like, you you guys remember Maxima? She's so dangerous. <laughs> she really loves Superman. You know these things about her. And I was like, has she been in an episode before? No. No, but you know Matt, you know Maxima. Girl, you know Maxima. I'm like, I don't. I'm sorry. I just don't know Maxima. Like the way that she was introduced was so funny because it like assumed some sort of weird baseline knowledge of the character as if they had just introduced like Batman. It's like, oh my God, it's Maxima. And I'm like, who? <laughs> like you're you guys are assuming knowledge that i don't have <laughs> <laughs> yeah superman fans will know maxima she did in indeed try to uh get superman to marry her in the comics that's like the big thing i think she's known for is uh she kind of has the hots for superman so <laughs> she discuss she discussed that in this episode and uh she looked like maxima i i thought she um really embodied uh, the character of Maxima. This was played by Eve Torres Gracie, who, as far as I understand, was in the uh, professional wrestling game. So yeah, uh, she yeah. Uh, she could really physically uh, a pummel Supergirl. Uh, yeah, uh, Kenny says she was of WWE fame. Um, so uh, during that time, she uh, was a professional wrestler, and so uh, she. I guess they wanted somebody who had, you know, the uh, ability to physically embody that character from the comics. My disappointment with Max Maxima is that she was pretty good. Like, I wish <laughs> she had been a more prominent villain. Yes. Yes. I liked, I liked the, uh, I liked the actress, the, like the WWE, um, like wrestler. I, I always like when they like show up and get to do like cool fight scenes and shows because like, you can really tell that they actually know how to do it. And like, they're like, they have like that physicality and they're probably doing a lot of their own stunts. So like, yeah, it did seem like a waste of Maxima. It was kind of this like throwaway uh, character beat. It was cool. Like the fight was cool, but like, 
I would have given Maxima her own episode. I wouldn't have just like randomly thrown her into this one. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know that, you know that fun adventure we had with Maxima <laughs> off screen. Like, Why do so many of the good storylines happen there? <laughs> yeah, so uh, Maxima was great, but I uh, wish she had stuck around a little more. That was disappointing. Um, well, I guess we, since we talked about the mind control stuff, is it too early to talk about what happens with Alex at the end of the episode? I don't think so. Cause okay, that part was so dramatic. That's related to the mind control. So uh, what, what do you think? I guess the question should be, should Alex have stayed with Eliza or should she have gone to national city? Oh yeah. She should have definitely stayed with Eliza. Like <laughs> It's a mind control mist, first off. <laughs> it's not like you can, like, put on, a, like, a little mask or something, get in, like, a little bubble suit, and you're like, I'm fine. Like, super. can we talk about Superman, by the way? Because I really yes. want to, like, after the Alex stuff. because Yes, really and that's also it. related to the mind <laughs> <Okay>. control. <laughs> because, so, like, she's like, well, oh, it's a lot of mind control. And, and John was like, well, I can, I, I don't have to deal with that because I am an alien. Um. And she's like, that's cool. You can just shield my mind. And he's like, that sounds like it's going to be kind of tiring and it's probably going <laughs> to impact my ability to fight. And she's like, sure. So we're both decided. Like, girl, <laughs> read the room. Alex, Alex, look at me. Read the room. Do not go. Yeah. So it turned out she was a carry in that fight, um, unsurprisingly. And she got uh, she got John injured. And then obviously he couldn't hold the mind control bubble over her mind anymore with his um he like couldn't thinking hold his powers. Temples. Yeah. He couldn't hold his temples while he's fighting, you know? <laughs> like, come on. And so of course her mind gets taken over. Now she is obviously incredibly dangerous because she is somebody that Supergirl cares a lot about. And she knows everything about Supergirl and how she fights because she trained her. Mm-hmm. And also like she's got like a Kryptonite exoskeleton on. So that's not great. Thanks, <laughs> Alex. <laughs> Good plan. Don't don't you wish you knew I like how she got that? Did Nan just have that? I know. Yeah. A lot of things not super well explained in this episode while he's like, while he's plotting out his like 27 city tour like he's taylor swift do you think that he could have mentioned also i've got i just happened to have this kryptonite exoskeleton suit i didn't create it and i honestly can't be that close to it <laughs> <laughs> like where did he get that why would he I, want that i can't remember that that was teased previously to this episode was I that like in the deo somewhere i don't think it was did the did the DEO like create that? Like, the, I feel the, like the chat can fact check us on that, but I, I think it, I think the first time we ever saw this was in this episode. Yeah, because I feel like the D, I feel like after this episode, Kara should have like a real heart to heart with like so many of the people in the DEO because, <laughs> because the amount, the first off, you guys have a super suit like designed specifically to kill me. Not cool. Not cool <laughs> at all. And second off, they got those kryptonite bullets pretty fast, guys. Pretty fast. She was like, what in the world? <laughs> Where did you guys get these? Tell me how you really feel, guys. Well, to be fair to the DEO, Supergirl did try to kill some people like well, two episodes okay. ago, three episodes okay. ago. Okay, yeah. so she yeah. maybe tried to kill some people. She danced up on James in a way that made him feel <laughs> uncomfortable. But, 
But I mean, other than that, she's been mostly great. It just seemed like they just, they had like they had those kryptonite bullets waiting. Is my point? Like she was just like, oh, "Come on, guys! You go evil in one second. You have the kryptonite bullets out. <laughs> Once you start flicking nuts in a in a bar, that's and, it. And start Game hurting over? people with the nuts. That's it. That's it. We got to have a backup plan." <laughs> Yeah, so the uh, the things that were happening over uh, with Alex and, and getting that kryptonite sword that she had used on Astra, I think is the same. I think so. Yeah, I think Non mentions that it's the same sword that she killed Astra with, and uh, like that is a pretty good evil plan. I gotta say, from an evil plan perspective, pretty pretty great. Pretty uh, no notes, honestly. Not <laughs> no notes. <laughs> we we have lots of notes about Myriad. Myriad. But I don't, no I don't notes know how about I the feel Alex about thing. the rollout of Myriad. Honestly, <laughs> uh, could, could be, be executed better. better. Yeah, <laughs> could be executed better. Um, <laughs> but uh, the evil plan to make uh her beloved sister kill her with the same sword that she used to kill Astra. Pretty good. That's pretty poetic. narratively pretty great (laughs) (laughs) yeah so alex maybe should have stayed uh the smart thing should have been uh to stay with eliza but i guess we wouldn't have alex and Kara fighting each other at the end of the season which also is narratively pretty great so it was pretty cool listen i'm mad at her from like a like if i was in national city i'd be like alex come on what up why did you do that as a viewer like yeah Good job. That's, that's pretty good. <laughs> this is some this is some gold. Uh the other thing I really thought was funny about the Alex storyline was that like when she's hiding from the law. Yes. Um and she, she's on the run and uh, John Jones is pretending to be her child. Oh <laughs> <laughs> boy. Really funny. Um, but she's got like the whole she's like total mommed out. So she's got like blonde hair and big sunglasses. And what do like, you think about the wig? All she's wearing is pink. The wig is actually pretty good. <laughs> I should I should I should I should have brought a visual of the wig. I was so, surprised because her wigs in, in the past have been very bad. You mean in but, the future? In the future, sure. When we go, when we go back to it, uh. <laughs> but I would agree though. The blonde wig was yeah, working. It I thought not so bad. Honestly, not so bad. Yeah. Uh, but like her little like mom outfit where she's like <laughs> in like the like little pattern floral top and the the cardigan, the pink cardigan. I don't know why this is so funny to me. Like I was like, I don't know why I'm judging this. Morgan, do you have a pink cardigan that looks exactly like that? You know you do. Who are you to, <laughs> are you to throw that stone? But I will say every time when she was on the phone, like having like serious DEO conversations in her little pink cardigan, I did think that was pretty funny because it's not a it's not a very Alex Danvers outfit. Like <laughs> Alex Danvers is like, I'm gonna wear black and it's gonna be cool. And I'm gonna get off of a motorcycle. And then she's like, she's like in a mom outfit going like car, don't do this. I'm gonna fight my way back to you <laughs> in the pink fuzzy cardigan. It's like I love it. <laughs> Do you think she pulled off the mom look? Because it, it seemed to work. She was she was she was working the mom look. She really yeah. was. I was like, you know what? Good job, Alex. I like this. <laughs> so you know why it was uh, a working it wig? Danny says 
It wasn't a CW <laughs> wig. It was a C- CBS wig. They it's had true. that CBS wig money. That wig money is oh, way better. So much better. It makes a difference when it you've got so wig money. It gets so much worse from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> the wigs will never be this good again. This is a high watermark for the wigs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Alex making bad decisions, but also pull, pulling off the mom look. Uh, so good for her. All right, so let's talk about Superman. Superman uh, seems to be affected by Myriad as well as everybody else. Morgan, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't, I don't buy this. They tried, they, God bless them. They were like, how do we explain that Superman's not going to help during this very pivotal moment? You know, phase 0.0 of the rollout plan. Uh, <laughs> The answer, I think, was he's off planet. That's well, fine. They, they did initially, I think, Which, say he was yeah. off world. Uh, when when uh, when Supergirl is bullying Kalex, who is being a little sassy. Bullying, I mean. Sassy. She's like, listen, everyone will die, including me. <laughs> and then who is going to visit you? Who Nobody. is going to get you oil changes? Kalex. <laughs> Kalex is like. Well, 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 I like that Calex is so mad about this. He doesn't want to do it, but he <laughs> understands that he has to. That he leaves her like without like cold shoulder. He just walks he just, away. He, yeah, he just floats off. She's like, "Excuse me, Calex, I'm going to die." And he's like, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> "He did. It kind of was out of frame." Like and then, and then Allure pops up, and you're like, "Oh, he did it!" But he did it in a really pissy way because he's very passive aggressive. <laughs> I love Calex. I love him. <laughs> I love him in this form. I love him when he's mad. I love him when he's sassy. I love him when he's garbage monster. <laughs> I'm just a big fan of the character. Um, but yeah, like, so they had established that he was off world. We didn't need more than that. Honestly, as a viewer, I didn't need it. Okay. He's not helping because he's somewhere else. He's in the galaxy. There's a lot he of is, planets. He is among the stars, right? Yes. Well, okay. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but then they were like, no, no, we really need to explain why he's not helping. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't buy it. Like, he is still an alien. Uh, one can argue that John Jones has been here for a long time, too. Oh, yeah, and, like 300 years. And it hasn't, like, altered his alien, you know, brain but he, chemistry. But he had the, he had the, the mind powers, Morgan. That that's true. It, that makes a difference. That's true. Um, yeah, I didn't buy it all that, like... Uh, because uh, Kal-El grew up on Earth as, like, Clark Kent and was raised by human parents, that would alter his brain, alien brain chemistry in such a way that he would be susceptible to myriad. I mean, I guess good try. They tried to pull it into, like, the nature versus nurture thing. They were like, guess it's uh, guess it's nurture taken over. And I was like, is that how that works, though? I appreciate that they they tried to think through it, but they did. To your point, though, they didn't need to. It was unnecessary. Uh, Hegelbass in the chat offers up uh, the idea that Jean wasn't a child on Earth like Clark was. So I guess if we're going by their the show's logic, I guess that does make sense. Jean yeah, could have like, been here for three hundred years, but he wasn't a child. But he was an when, adult when yeah, he came, right. so it's not like his. Like for Clark, it's his people because. That's who he grew up with. His parents are humans. All of his friends were humans. He grew up as a little baby. Yeah, he uh, came here as a tiny baby. 
yeah and he became like you know he he was that that was sort of his culture and his heritage was more human than kryptonian it's kind of the big difference between him and supergirl uh so in that way i kind of did like like i liked that they put that that thought and effort into it but it still felt like i don't know we're, we're he didn't need it it, it didn't need it he's off world the end i'm not going to question any more than that I guess the only reason, the only other reason they would do it is that they wanted to make Supergirl the hero of the show, which actually I appreciate. Because sometimes yeah. later on, maybe in the future, maybe perhaps that would not have been a, con- a consideration. Uh, so yes, for, for them to true. for them to say that Supergirl is the only superhero who can solve this situation, I actually appreciate that. So does it make sense logically? Did you need it? No, no. But no. did they make Supergirl actually matter and, and heroic in this uh, end of the season? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm okay with that. So that's, uh, yeah, the the Superman thing wasn't necessary, but it did sort of take him off the table, uh, leaving Supergirl as the only Kryptonian who could offer hope to the masses. So uh, in that same vein, let's talk about Cat Grant and Maxwell Lord. So, Morgan, do you buy the idea that Max has uh, these little uh, neuro things that he can uh, invent and create to block Myriad? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, that I buy more than the su- the Superman thing. Uh, <laughs> Maxwell Lord, he's always getting into uh, into new situations, new shenanigans. Um, a lot of them involve trains, but not all of them. <laughs> uh, he would prefer it to involve trains. Listen, if this whole thing could have been happening on a high-speed train, <laughs> that would have made his day. Uh, I did think it was funny that he was like, I had to, you know, I wanted to make sure you were okay, Cat Grant. And she's just like, okay. <laughs> sure. Sure. Uh, I feel like they were setting them, I'm going to put on my, um, future hat for a second. Maybe Seeing make into some, the future. Maybe make some guesses. I'm going to okay. do my own thinking here. Like John. <laughs> Concentrate uh, real hard. But I feel like what they were trying to do was kind of set up a romance between Kat and, um, and Maxwell Lord. Like, you know, there's some kind of like attraction there, you know. I, like, I mean, I sensed it. He like pushed the hair behind her, you know, was behind getting, her. I was getting uh, a little... Like, shoulder and she was like oh yeah oh what's going on here <laughs> i was getting Uh-oh. a little steamy in Is there getting a little hot <laughs> <laughs> but then of course they move to the cw they lose callista they they lose the uh actor who played uh, peter fastinelli who played maxwell lord and so this goes nowhere uh but i think that had they had both of those actors and stayed uh, where they were that I think we would have seen a like a Cat Grant Maxwell Lord romance, and I think that that would have been really interesting, kind of fun because he is not trustworthy at all. So I think that that would have caused a lot of like conflict in the next season. I think that Cat and Maxwell Lord, Cat Max and Cat, I guess, uh, which is fun to say, Max and Cat, I think would have gotten along really well. I think she would have ridden the trains. She loved <laughs> yeah. getting on the trains, going to the yurts. And I think uh, that would have been a good uh, relationship. Uh, Hagelblast in the chat reminds uh, me, it was established back in episode three that Max and Kat had history. And uh, Hagelblast also says, I think Max is still hung up on her, but she's no longer interested at all. Mm. So Morgan, what are your thoughts? 
from Kat's point of view, is she into it? The thing is, when he pushes that like piece of hair to like look at the earring, she like does a full body like whoo. <laughs> he might not be interested in him romantically, but like there's some stuff that's interested for sure. She's like <laughs> cute. <laughs> Winking. Uh no, I think that like, you know, he's a he's a smooth operator. He's a smooth operator. Do I do I think that like that would have been the uh, romance for the ages? Do I think that they would have lasted forever? Um, you know, like Lex and Nixley. Uh <laughs> No, probably not. But I think it would have been like a, a fun, uh, a fun romance uh, slash maybe a bad romance Gaga style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Lex and Nixley, I think, were a pretty bad romance. They turned into uh, lizard people, and uh, it involved bad poetry. So, <laughs> uh, so at least Max and Cat had a little better uh, fairing there. Um, so yeah, so they uh, have to work out the plans between them. Maxwell wants to release this bomb that uh, uh, irradiates 300,000 people, but to save the world, they he's comfortable doing that. But uh, Kat and Kara sort of hatch another plan to use hope as a way to save the world. So Morgan, what are your thoughts on um, the change in plans offered up by Kat and Kara? Sure. Well, I mean... Um, Maxwell Lord's plan wasn't good. It was like, listen, what we're going to do, you're never going to be able to come back in, um, national city or at least for 50 years. Um, so this will be kind of my domain now. I think we <laughs> both agreed that I should just be in charge of this whole city. She's like, wait, what? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and then he's like, and then, you know, there's going to be some casualties. There's going to be like, casualties. like, they're like, I'm sorry. What mass is? I didn't really quite hear the number of casualties you said. Was it like you know ten? It's like three hundred thousand. <laughs> uh, I like that. That's like the like a cat was on not on board at any point during this plan. But right. when, when she found out, she's like, "Wait, if I'm going to do my math correctly, and I'm going to because I'm Cat Grant, eight uh, percent <laughs> is three hundred thousand." He's like. Oh, yeah. She's like, that's a lot of people. <laughs> that's a lot of people this plan is going to kill. And he's like, yeah, it's going to be a kind of a whoopsie situation. Like a whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Kat was like, you cannot possibly be thinking about this to Supergirl, which I appreciate it because it was like, that's that's probably too, too much loss of life. Uh, you know, there's got to be like a second plan and uh i like that the second plan that they come up with it's like, like okay things have gotten so dire that we're that we were thinking about killing eight percent of the population to save everybody we might have to do this to save us all plan b is a speech that i'm going to give it's <laughs> going to be so inspirational and they're like okay and then what happens after the speech nope that's it the speech <laughs> telling everyone or speech Wait, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not sure I understand the stakes. Like people are sweating now. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I understand the stakes. It was either so bad you're willing to kill three hundred thousand people or speech. Look at this. What? Uh, it's a classic Supergirl conundrum where she's like, "No, I think if I just stare at a camera somewhere and talk to people and tell them to hope." <laughs> This thing's gonna resolve itself. Yeah, really. yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll knock this out in like thirty minutes, I think. It'll yeah, it's margaritas. Yeah. Okay, margaritas. Well, mourn Kelly and get margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, one of my favorite things about the room that they go into, the studio they go into, 
it looks like they have old beta SP decks in there. Like <laughs> it's it's pretty run down uh, studio. So they, they're really going to have to work hard to get that thing up and running to get Supergirl on camera. I think this is the start of Supergirl just using this as the default uh, solution for all of her problems. Maybe yeah. in the future. She's like, it works that one time. So I'm just going to keep uh, trying it. I yeah, she's like, listen, we were we were in some long odds. And frankly, I didn't think this thing was going to work. Uh, <laughs> between you and me. Between I you mean, and it was like a 50-50 chance. She like gets close. She goes, between you and me. I didn't think this thing was going to work at all. <laughs> but then it did. And then I just thought, <laughs> is this the answer to everything? <laughs> and you know what? So far it has been. <laughs> <laughs> really, uh, you know. Um, she really uh, locks down. No. <laughs> she really imprints upon this this form of a conflict resolution <laughs> like a baby duck she's like this is it for me i think <laughs> i think this is my thing this is my superpower um so we'll see if she uh makes it work maybe that's coming in the fin- the finale episode we'll have to see if the hope speech plan really is successful Boy, i sure hope it works <laughs> <laughs> She might have to reiterate the word hope about seven times. She to might have work, to though. say a bunch, a bunch <laughs> of times um, <laughs> to really reiterate the point. Got to bring it home, you know. <laughs> <Gotta> bring- <laughs> Uh, we have a question in the chat since we've been talking about Kat and Kara. CM Gutierrez 74 says, in this episode, do you think Kat knows Kara is Supergirl? To me, she still doesn't know she was duped by Jean and Kara. If Kat was pretending to not know, she has me completely fooled. Morgan, do you think she knows? Um, Because we, we've debated that all, all throughout our rewatch. I think she knows because she makes a very like pointed reference to her assistant, Kara. Or right. Kira, she's like, ah, boy, I hope, I hope Kira's out there. Wherever Kira is out there, <laughs> wherever she could possibly be, out there, I hope she's okay. I hope she is okay. I it's hope just, she's I okay. Hope. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's like I don't know. There's, I guess, because I thought the whole season that like she's figured, she figured it out really early on, and like never really unknew just because uh just because that trickaroo that they played with John I don't think that the there were episodes after that where she seemed to very much know what was going on and this one I think the fact that she mentions like you know oh Kira like I think she talks about Supergirl teaching her how to hope and Kira mm-hmm. you know connecting her with her family it just seems a little intentional that she mentions like like the two really important people in my life you know Supergirl and my assistant Kira, <laughs> no relations. You I know Kira. Kira. You know Kira. Not the same person. But I'm <laughs> sure you know her. <laughs> well, she did sort of talk about them as two different people, but it did feel like she had mentioned Kira to Supergirl for a reason. So mm-hmm. I don't know. The debate's still up in the air. I would like to think that she still knows. I'm but, on the side of she still knows. Yeah, but. Uh, I don't think we have confirmation one way or the other. Um, so let's see. What have we not talked about? Uh, we did get to see uh, a little Helen Slater in this episode, which we talked about with uh, Eliza. Uh, but uh, I think we've basically talked about everything. Were there anything? I, was there anything else you wanted to talk about? 
I do think that we maybe skimmed over the great tragedy of this episode. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't put that in the discussion points. I mean, look at it. it's it's under it's under my name. Justice for Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way that they have Supergirl yelling at Kelly as if Kelly is like a good friend and like a trusted confidant on this show that all of us obviously know and care you know Kelly about. We all know Kelly. We all care about Kelly. We all know about her little panda mug and like her <laughs> hang in there, office cat or whatever. Uh, we know Kelly so well. And she's just like, she's like, James, win, Kelly. And she gives all of these like the same amount of emphasis. And I'm like, I mean, two of them survived and one of them done. So we know who your better friend was. <laughs> It also felt a little bit weak that she couldn't save one extra person. Uh, like, she's like, ah, my arms are full. Like, come on. So I have problems with that, too. I get what they were doing because she does only have two hands and two arms. But she's Supergirl. She has super speed. Couldn't she, like, zoom down there, catch James, put him on the ground, zoom back up, catch Wynn, put him on the ground, zoom back up, catch Kelly, put her on the ground? Yeah, it really feels like she saved more people than that at, at a time before in the past or maybe in the perhaps in the future. Um, who knows? But yeah, it did seem a little bit uh, it did seem a little bit thin that they were like, well, we need to kill somebody to show that this is very, very serious. But we're not killing any of our main cast. That would be crazy. Uh, so we need to find somebody to kill. And then they're like, I'll look over at Kelly. <laughs> So they're like, well, I guess she just can't hold Kelly. I'm like, "Ah, mm, mm." (laughs) to the show's credit, they did put her through four episodes. So by the time you got that's true, Kelly was somebody. Their thinking was that we're going to put this actress, Carly Nakanen, who we love, we're big fans of. uh, They they thought in the writing, we'll put her, we'll spread her out throughout the season so that audiences can kind of see who that is although i don't think most of us picked up on it (laughs) but by the time she dies they're gonna know who this is and they maybe banked on the fact that we were smarter than we actually were i guess uh which was a mistake on their part but uh i think what would have helped though is if that kelly had spent more time with Kara. kelly spent a lot of time with kat and with james but she didn't really hang out or talk to Kara much so I think it would have really helped the show in the buildup to that if she had made friends with Kelly specifically and with Kara. So the fact that that didn't happen, it was harder to buy. Yeah, I think that the the real issue is that they should have made Kelly more of a character. And she didn't have to be like, you know, like a main cast character or anything like that. But like more of a background character. Like a lot of shows have these like small, like little characters that sort of like float around in the background we know some things about them but they're not you know they're not huge characters in the episodes it kind of makes the world feel more rich that you you know you go into catco and you bump into kelly and like, she's working on a fashion pitch about crushed velvet and you're like girl great job. such a good, good uh, idea <laughs> such a great idea um don't wear crushed velvet uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's my pitch um but uh yeah, I feel like they kind of dropped the ball on, like, honestly not giving her more screen time. I think that it would have been way more upsetting if it didn't feel like the first time I watched this, I truly felt like, who? <laughs> like, <laughs> I felt her? bad. I was like, her? Okay. 
oh no you know like it's it, it doesn't have like an emotional resonance it's like obviously it's sad that somebody that Kara knows and like worked with dies in that way but like it doesn't have like an emotional connection to you as a viewer because you know and she's just like an you know a background player there's she doesn't have a lot of you know character building and i think even having Kara have talked to her a couple of times in like a couple of episodes like you know about their lives maybe like a two-minute scene i think could have done it uh and then you would have been like oh no not kelly she was <laughs> she was studying for her real estate license you know something, <laughs> something. i didn't even know about kelly oh wouldn't that have been terrible if she was studying to be a, a realtor and <sighs> then she died because she jumped off a building so terrible so the, terrible i guess the the irony or the tragedy of that would have been much more impactful that <sighs> architecture would have <laughs> buildings would have been her downfall um some people in the chat are uh assuming that supergirl maybe intentionally didn't save kelly oh snap Lindsay says cat changed this oh no this is a different comment where was that other comment for i thought it was from where oh yes it's this one uh, Lindsay says, I have a feeling OG Kelly might have stolen Kara's lunch from the fridge one day. Ooh. And then CM Gutierrez <gasps> 74 says, it's my head canon that OG Kelly owed Kara money and Kara was feeling pretty, uh, pretty petty. Oh, my goodness. That maybe, is maybe we have thought a, about this all wrong. That shocking accusation that we're making against Kara. We, we did talk, I think, with Carly and I canon about the what if Kelly was a villain. <gasps> so maybe... Maybe it could have been, you know, Kelly was doing some bad things to Kara. And Kara was we just like, we I guess know. if I have to let somebody die. Oh, I really like James and I really like Wynn. And Kelly did just steal my sandwich again. Even though <laughs> I put up a note very clearly. And Kelly's always taking uh, uh, <laughs> always taking credit for my ideas. I was talking to her yesterday about crushed velvet. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. That's true. We are judging too soon. But maybe, maybe that was an old... Oopsie daisy, slipperoo. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no matter what the reason for it was, Kelly ended up uh, dying a tragic death, and we we will never forget her. We never we, have. We, we never have. It's been so many years, and uh, and and justice for Kelly lives on. <laughs> R.I.P. Kelly. May we never forget you. All right. Well, throw one out for O.G. Kelly, the cat, the cat co employee. Who loved her job so much, she was mind-controlled and working there at night and then fell off the building to her death. Yeah, it was was rough. (laughs) Okay, well, uh, do you have any any other thoughts or or any closing thoughts about Myriad, the penultimate episode of season one of Supergirl? Um, As a penultimate episode, I think A+. It really, you're really leading into the finale in a strong way. That end scene with Alex and Kara coming at each other and then the Supergirl logo, probably one of the coolest end scenes that they've done. Uh, Yeah. And I think that the, this episode was really good. I think it really set up the stakes about like, what's, you know, what could happen, you know, not just to national city, the city we all love and whose real estate <laughs> is always uh, bottoming out in May, but, uh, <laughs> but also to the whole galaxy. You know, <laughs> if he listens to Indigo, his hype man, and like decides <laughs> to take this show on the road, this could be bad for a lot of people in a lot of different planets. Uh, so I think 
we sort of realize the scope of it in this one and like how dangerous uh, the situation is. And then obviously the Alex bit getting pulled in makes, you know, the emotional stakes for Supergirl even higher. Yeah, I think this is a, a pretty good penultimate episode. The only critique I have for it really is uh, Nan's entrance into Catco. He doesn't break through a window or anything. <laughs> he just walks into the office, which I thought was weird. Uh, so that's my only big uh, qualm with the episode. Other, Well, okay, maybe that and like Supergirl could have saved Kelly. It was probably fine. Supergirl probably could have saved Kelly. <laughs> but other than that, I see why they did it. Uh, but I think this does set up some real stakes for the ending of the season. I think the acting is uh, pretty good. And I I thought the, uh, the storyline leading into the finale is a good one that I'm very curious to see in the future. Uh, to see where this all ends and see what happens and see if uh, Supergirl can get uh, that uh, old uh, radio slash TV studio working again. We'll see if that happens. Uh, but a great penultimate episode. And uh, we'll have to check it out when uh, we get there for the finale. Well, I guess uh, before we wrap up our discussion, we need to get to some... Snap judgments. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Okay, so I have put some last snap uh, last minute snap judgments in there, but if people in the live chat want to give us some snap judgments, we're open to it. Maybe some snap judgments about Kelly. That would be good. If you want to come up with some uh, Kelly, uh, OG Kelly snap judgments, uh, but Morgan, uh, I guess we'll we'll make uh, some ones that I just can't kind of came up with on the spot. I love it. Okay, who would you rather fight, Maxima or Kryptonite Sword Alex? <sighs> that, that's that's a tough one because Alex does have a sword, but then Maxima's pretty big and she seems to want to fight people. Yeah. I think I maybe take my chance with the kryptonite sword. Kryptonite doesn't affect me. Maybe I could get my own weapon. The snap judgment doesn't say I have a weapon. <laughs> but may, I, I think my better odds are I think are with Alex. Maybe I could take the kryptonite sword from her. Maxima does seem like pretty buff. Not to say like Alex isn't, but... I think I would also I don't know though Alex has a range weapon that's tough the kryptonite sword might throw it in a different direction but no I think I'm still gonna I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to fight Alex too we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens although Alex has already killed a, a, a person with that sword so she it's not like she wouldn't kill somebody she's already had experience with that sword you know she knows how to use it yeah so that's dangerous Okay, which relationship do you find more intriguing? Maxwell Lord and Cat Grant or Non and Indigo? I think I'm a Max and Cat shipper. I like Ooh. I like the uh the 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 air of uh romance that bubbles up between them. I kind of I don't know. I'm interested in it. I know it may not go anywhere, but I I like it better than Non and Indigo, which is just for me a little more uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go the opposite direction. Ooh. I'm gonna go non an indigo because of how uncomfortable it is to watch. <laughs> I like that he is just like, I don't um I don't really want 
this relationship and she's like we'll rule the world and <laughs> finger acting all in his face and he's like oh please dear god i'm still mourning my dead wife <laughs> uh, i i like i like that indigo knows what she wants and uh and she's just like non hey i'm your ride or die yeah and indigo doesn't like it when they bring up astra astra is a source of uh um uh frustration for uh yeah, it was Astra, not Alora. It was Astra. Yeah, Astra. Uh, when Astra gets mentioned, Indigo is not into that. She doesn't like it. She does not care for Astra being mentioned. She would rather not have that name dropped. Well, it looks like we do have a snap judgment in the chat. Um, so I guess this is this is a question. All right, Alex, stay in Midvale or go to National City. I, I think she should stay in Midvale. She should have stayed in Midvale. It's literally mind control for humans. Like if she wanted to go to National City, at least have out like a uh, Maxwell Lord sender, like ship her a pair of earrings or something. Oh yeah, like prep her beforehand, then she can come into National City. Like although who would have shipped it out at this point in National City? Everybody's uh, mind controlled. So well, Jean could have gone to National City. Said it didn't. It didn't That's true. Do anything to him, and he then could he could have picked in. up the earrings, zoomed brought him back to Midvale. It should be good. Yeah, they didn't really think through that. That would have fit. That would have fixed everything right there. Yeah, they even knew the earrings existed. It's just a, not a not a great uh, not a great thought. I do have one last snap judgment that I think we can we can do. Maybe, maybe this is a macabre one to end <laughs> on, uh, but in relation to Kelly, okay. So would you have rather Kelly, OG Kelly, still died in this episode to have the stakes to the season? Or would you rather OG Kelly have survived and been a regular on the show until the end of the show? Ooh, twist. I do think this episode needed stakes. I do think that they needed to, like, establish how dangerous it was. But... I would have liked Kara to have like a work friend. I feel like that was <laughs> I feel like especially when um when Wynn goes to work at the DEO, say maybe he does. I don't know. I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm in the past. I mean they might need his uh, talents there. But they could need his talents. Uh she doesn't really have anyone to talk to at Catco at that point. And I think that's when the Catco plots start really petering out. And to be frank, when she stops showing up to work. So it would have been nice if she had like a work wife where she could like be like, oh, my God, can you believe what happened on The Bachelor last night? You know, just somebody to or like, you know, cats in a real mood today. Don't go in. Yeah. Yeah. Just somebody to chat with and have like normal human conversations, because I feel like one of the one of the problems is that the, the longer the show went on, um, the less she like had any kind of normal life it, like it because it all kind of got subsumed by like supergirl stuff like even though there were Kara moments and like supergirl moments a lot of them were just supergirl moments at some point so it would have been nice if she had like one normal friend who like didn't know her secret who was just like hey girl did you not feel well yesterday yeah, you're gone like all day everybody was so freaked out here you really missed it and she's like I know it's crazy. I heard <laughs> <laughs> that is something that I think I would have wanted to see. I think they could. Here's here's my solution. I would have wanted Kelly to stay around, but they could have killed somebody else off. Yeah, Marianne. I agree. Pick, they could have picked somebody else. 
It didn't have to be Kelly. It could it could have been it could have been Winter James. I they probably would not have done that, but it could have been. It could have been. It could have yeah. it could have been anybody in uh Catco. They could have killed someone we had never met before. Uh so I don't know. I think I think it would have been fun to have Kelly stick around. She could have been the 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 all-star Catco employee that just always showed up to work. She was always on time. She always did her job and nobody else did. I think it would have been great to see a real example of dedication to her position if she had stu- stuck around. But uh in this episode, unfortunately, she did not make it. All right. Well, uh, ending on a sad note, on a really morbid, uh, tragic note, uh, that's going to take us out of Snap Judgments. No judgments on your Snap Judgments. And I think we have some feedback. We have, we do have some feedback. So we have some feedback. That is is the next part. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Kenny sent us an email writing upon my rewatch of Myriad. My gosh, Carl was put through the ringer and almost loses hope. Her own cousin is being mind controlled and she feels so helpless. Alex and John going undercover to find Eliza Danvers was interesting, but Alex should have had, um, should have had a better wig, kind of wiggy. Uh, Maxima is an interesting side villain in the episode, but got her butt handed to her by Supergirl. She had no chance, but you can tell Eve's WWE training played into the fight scene with Kara. All in all, this was a great penultimate episode of Supergirl season one. I like that everybody is trying to use that word. I love it. You don't get to use it much. Uh, So Daryl also shared some thoughts about Myriad writing, quote, this was a really good episode. I didn't fast forward through any of it. The DEO scene at the beginning was incredible and the Maxima cameo was really good. She pops up from time to time in the TV shows. Uh, Yeah, they had uh, Maxima on Smallville. And I I, want to say somebody in the chat said she was on the animated series. I would have to go back. I think some... Somebody did mention that. I don't remember her on the animated series, but she was definitely on Smallville. Uh, Daryl also says, having Superman be affected by Myriad just because he grew up on Earth seems like a bit of a cop-out. We get the first time a hero is conveniently off-world when heavy stuff starts to happen. It won't be the last. I know we all love OG Kelly now, but during our first watch of the season, we didn't really know who she was, and I remember the podcast having to do a rewatch to notice she was around. Her death is awful, but the show didn't do much to make her a memorable character. Someone whose death could affect Kara, but let's face it, she barely interacted with her in the audience as well, unquote. Uh, Yeah, so if you would like to go on that OG Kelly uh, journey with Supergirl Radio, we have uh, an audio commentary series that we did where we went back to all of the episodes that Carly uh, Nikanen was in. And uh, we watched those four episodes and uh, pointed out where Kelly was in each episode. So you can go (laughs) and listen to those audio commentaries and watch the episode along with us. If that is something that you would like to do, I highly recommend it. It was very informative for both of us. So uh, hopefully (laughs) you will enjoy that as well. All right. Well, I think we need to get back to 2023 and uh, get back to the present. Oh boy! Uh, yeah, it's, it's buckle hard up. <laughs> re- relive these these hard times uh, when one of our favorite characters on the show uh, doesn't make it. But I think uh, maybe things are going to be looking up in twenty twenty three. 
All right. And uh, now I think we need to get to some Supergirl Radio and some DC TV plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a Tee Public store, so if you are in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the Tee Public store link at the top of the page. Hello, and thank you for calling the DC TV Podcast Hotline. Please listen carefully as some of our menu options have changed. Supergirl Radio? Press 1. The Flash Podcast? Press 2. Legends of Tomorrow Podcast? Press 3. The Lithuation Room? Press 4. DC on HBO Max Podcast? Press 5. Stargirl Podcast? Press 6. Superman and Lois Radio? Press 7. Green Lantern Podcast? Press 8. The Sandman Podcast? Press 9. Justice League Dark Podcast? Press 10. DC After Dark? Press 11. For all other inquiries, please stay on the line and the next available agent will be with you shortly. And since we talked about Catco's most devoted employee and her untimely death, we do have some Catco designs in the Tee Public store we'd like to suggest. Yeah, we got all sorts of Catco things, t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, mugs, uh, great designs in the DCTV podcast Tee Public store. So definitely check those out if you want to rep some Catco and be a devoted employee, uh, just like OG Kelly, those designs are in the store for you. And uh, we would also like to thank our Legion of Super Sponsors for supporting Supergirl Radio. These people are Michael, Anne-Marie, Yvonne, Quinn, Nicola, Abby, Miriam, Nicole, Brian, Ethan, Danny, Tara, and Majuba. Thank you all for doing that. And if you would like to support Supergirl Radio with the Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash supergirlradio. And uh, I guess you can find me on several places on the internet if you would like to keep up with me. Uh, you can uh, check me out on Vero True Social where I uh, post what I'm listening to, what I'm reading, if I am reading, uh, what I'm watching. Uh, you can uh, find all of that at Derby Kid. That's me over on Vero True Social. I got verified after uh, my time with Zack Snyder. Uh, the Vero people were like, Hey, we'll uh, we'll verify you when we when we uh, uh, get finished with this. And I was like, that's not necessary, but okay. Sweet. Uh, so, Why so, not? so I am not that I really care. I actually kind of a, you're kind of a big deal now. <laughs> I'm, kind, I'm kind of a big I'm deal kind of on Vero, so <laughs> I'm really not. Uh, but uh, you can find me, and you'll know it's me because I've <laughs> I have a verified mark now uh, at Derby Kid on Vera. I'm also on Instagram. Not verified there. Uh, don't care. Uh, <laughs> on Instagram, I'm at the Derby Kid. Um, and I am also on, I have a personal YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Prod, which is where I have my Zack Snyder interview clips up there. I asked him about the, 
Um, uh, I asked him about the critical reception of uh, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, and um, how he determines whether a film is good or bad. He actually had a really good answer about that, that I think will help inform me in a future video project uh, about how I approach that. So definitely go check that out. I also asked him about uh, meaning and uh, what he finds meaningful in BBS. So we had a a really good little chat about that. And I I appreciated his thoughts on that. So you can go check those out. I was also recently on Dave, the film junkies, YouTube channel. Uh, We did a long vodka stream, uh, about the full circle event. So if you want to know more about uh, my experience or anybody else's experience there, we talked about everything that happened and went down uh, there. Cause I think everybody who went had a really good time. Uh, it was people on Twitter who seemed to not enjoy it as much. Uh, but you know, that's Twitter for you. They, uh, don't like much of anything over there. <laughs> but, no, uh, no, they don't. But we all had a good time. So if you want to go uh, check out uh, Dave the Film Junkies channel, you can see that vodka stream from uh, last Friday if you would like to do so. Is it called a vodka stream? Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of his thing is that he has a like a stream. I, th- I don't know how many times a week he does it, but I've been watching it for a couple of years. And he just has friends of his on or different guests like Ray Porter who voiced dark side popped in for a couple minutes there at the oh, beginning neat. of the vodka stream. And, uh, we just kind of hung out. So they, they encourage people like if you have a drink and you want to bring it and drink, I was like, the best I can do for you is like body armor. That's about all I can. Is, it, is that what it's called? The drink? Okay. What well, it's like, a, it's like a sports drink. Oh, um, like Gatorade? <clears throat> is that what it's called? No, it's not Gatorade. It's a, I've never heard of this one before. I think that's that's a body armor drink. They're actually very tasty. Oh, um, so I was like, that's the best I can do for you. I'm not really a, a <laughs> an alcohol person, <laughs> uh, but that that should help me get through this uh, four hour live stream. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> they, I think our live streams are long. Uh, they're not. It that could long. be worse, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a really fun time. So if uh, you want to just, uh, you know put it on in the background while you're doing something and just hang out with some people. That's a good stream to do it. Oh, that's really fun. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mojotastic. And you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast slash the Legendary Ladies podcast, uh, which you can also find. We're launching our Instagram. We're testing out the reels. We're not good at editing video yet. So I, th- I think y'all are doing a great job. I think it's I think it's going along. I am learning the ways of cap cut, and I don't like that that makes me sound like a Gen Zer, I feel like, <laughs> or like an influencer person when I open up my cap cut to edit my videos. Uh, I'm, I'm not good at it, though. But you can find us on, um, on both uh, YouTube and uh, Instagram at The Legendary Ladies. Um, and I think, uh, and at legends underscore podcast on Twitter and who knows what else we're going to be trying to get on. Uh, but definitely, definitely hook us up on, um, YouTube and, um, and Instagram. We're trying to post more at both of those places and trying to get our videos up We're we started to do video podcasts as well. We've taken uh, a page out of, you know, this book here. Uh, <laughs> we're like, what if, what if we did uh, some video podcasts too? And I was like, yeah, it's fine. I can just be on video again. 
<laughs> I was like, I, I've given up the fight. That's fine. I'll be on video if that's what it takes. So I think I think this week's episode, we're going to be talking about, uh, we have, cl- I think, classes in session this week with uh, Professor Cat for Spider-Man uh-huh. 101. Oh, uh, we're going to get ready. Fun. We're going to get ready for Into the Spider-Verse. So oh, right. if you have Spider-Man questions that you've always wanted to know about, we are going to have a spider expert because Kat knows everything about Spider-Man. Oh, I'm going uh, so, to th- think of a question. So send them to the legendary ladies at gmail.com. We are taking all of your Spider-Man questions because <laughs> my questions are going to be like spiders. Am I right? So it's not going to be like very detailed, <laughs> uh, but Kat's going to take us through a little bit of like what we need to know about the Spider-Verse and Spider-Man. So that should be fun. Fun fact. I did a live stream uh, for my day job with a spider expert, like a spider expert, not Ooh, a like spider man spider. expert. And he says that Spider-Man, actually, his powers are more akin to the jumping spider <gasps> than any other spider. Really? And jumping spiders are adorable. I'm not are really they? A, they I'm not really a spider <laughs> person. Let me see. I'm, I'm going to try to find you a, a jumping spider and I, try to I feel me. like we might be at a agree to disagree place with the jumping spider. <laughs> no, I'm gonna find you one and you're gonna be like, okay, that was cute. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get it. So um uh if people in the chat want to uh look up uh Lucas the jumping spider or Lucas the spider. Wait, he's is, got a the spider has a name. <clears throat> there's a little animated series on YouTube <laughs> called Lucas the Jumping Spider. This is what really hooked me into Jumping spiders. Oh no, he is Can, really cute. Why he's he so cute? cute. He's so why, cute. Why does he look that way? <laughs> I love him. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, like obviously he's an animated character. Like I, yeah. I, I also love Rat Tattooey. I don't want him <laughs> cooking my food. <laughs> I want to see Rat Tattooey in person. You know what I mean? <laughs> but Lucas so, is amazing. I do love Lucas. Yeah, Lucas the jumping spider is adorable. So that. That's my only hook into an appreciation for spiders is Lucas in the animated jumping spider. <laughs> but uh, Spider-Man's powers apparently are uh, kind of rift off the jumping spider. Interesting. So, yeah, they're the cutest of all spiders. What spiders Spider-Man, mostly aren't cute. What if Spider-Man got it like a little like, uh, like, you know, friend, like a little animal friend and it was Lucas. Oh, my gosh. Wouldn't that why, be so cute? Why hasn't that happened? Why doesn't he have know. any spider friends? Why doesn't he have any spider? Yeah. What does he think he's too good to hang out with spiders? <laughs> you need to ask Cat about that. Why that's does he have that's my question number one? Is he too good for the other spiders? I mean, the Superman family has super pets. Yeah. Why can't Spider-Man have spidey pets? Why can't he have little spider? He should have little spiders everywhere. They should just be crawling around. <laughs> like Batman with his bats, where it's like yeah. Sir, do you know you have like a bat situation down in the cellar? And he's like, I love it. <laughs> the dark. <laughs> he just like walks down there to hang out with the bats. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, Spider-Man needs to have some uh, jumping spider friends. I think that would be I, an adorable addition to the Spider-Verse. Uh, I don't know why that has. Maybe that's happened. I don't know. I'm going to send maybe, an email. Maybe that's going to happen. Maybe into the Spider-Verse is when they finally meet all of the actual spiders. <laughs> they they have a Maybe that could be like another team, like a little team up. I love they, it. It's like the, the super pets where they have just spidey pets. I think that's what they need to do. Honestly, I, I love it. I, I'm, I would be surprised if they had not already thought of. It. Well, uh, maybe I'm going to send an email. 
I love it. Guess. Please and do. Ask about the, the spice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And thanks for joining us on Supergirl Radio Rewind. McGurk! I love not typing. Not messing my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio.